The Horse Race is brought to you by Benchmark Strategies. Benchmark is setting a new standard as Boston's fastest growing public affairs consulting firm. To know more, connect with Benchmark on Twitter at Benchmark Boston. Hi, this is Jeffrey Sanchez, the former chairman of the Committee of Ways and Means in the Massachusetts House of Representatives. Working in politics today can often mean spending hours wading through emails or hunting for that information that you put down on a notepad or pieces of paper long ago. That's why I'm a part of Legislator, a new software to power productivity in politics, founded right here in Massachusetts. Go to legislator.com today to learn more and to try it free for four weeks. That's L-E-G-I-S-L-A-T-A dot com. Legislator. Welcome back to The Horse Race. This is where we'd usually promise your weekly look at politics, policy, and elections in Massachusetts. But today, today, and today only, we have a very special episode to bring you. I'm Steve Gazella here with my co-host, Jen Smith. Jen, what are we up to today? This episode has been quite literally years in the making, so I am extremely excited. This is the first ever musical episode of The Horse Race, and no, you will not be hearing us, your lovely co-hosts, singing anything, but we will be digging into all of the wonderful and weird stories surrounding Massachusetts state songs. And you heard me correctly, songs. Plural. Because as we on The Horse Race have frequently discussed, Massachusetts has a fairly staggeringly long list of its official state stuff. That's right, Jen. We in Massachusetts have an official state flower. That's the Mayflower. An official state beverage. That's cranberry juice. We have a bird, an insect, a folk song, a historical rock, not to be confused with the Explorer Rock or the Building and Monument Stone, a ceremonial march, patriotic song, bean, berry, dessert, cookie, peace statue, donut. I mean, I won't read you the whole list because it's easily three or four times that long. But let's just say we have a whole bunch of official state things. Absolutely. I was worried I was going to have to jump in and like viciously cut you off because that is not even close to the entire thing. Because today, though, we are going to be narrowing in just a little bit to a mere list of seven because we are all in on the music and our beloved Commonwealth has no less than seven official state songs. So we're going to dig into the history a little, play some music, and again, cannot emphasize this enough, We will not be doing any singing ourselves. Do not worry. Do not turn off the podcast. Do not pass go. But at the end of this podcast, as a special treat, we have an original recording commissioned by the Musical History Department here at Horse Race Global Media Headquarters, a recording of the state Glee Club song for which when we began this podcast, no recording existed anywhere on the internet. And believe me, we looked. So Jen, seven songs to cover. Shall we ride? Let's go. As our loyal listeners will know, we of course have been talking about the state polka ever since Steve learned we had a state polka. Then that got us interested in other state songs. So here we are way back in 2019. But the majority landed on the same page as us in discovering 
to our horror slash shock slash delight that we actually have a state polka song. Yeah, we actually have seven state songs, yeah, which well, I didn't know. I mean, good for us. We have an anthem, a folk song, a ceremonial march, The Road to Boston. Uh, we have a patriotic song, a glee club song. I love that. I love that we have an official state glee club song. <laughs> a state ode and a state polka. On October 1st, 1998, Say Hello to Someone from Massachusetts was approved as the official polka of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in a bill passed by the state legislature and signed into law by Governor Paul Salucci. Jen hunted down the state polka with the help of Deb O'Malley at the Secretary of the Commonwealth's Office, a huge feat, and we were rightly proud of that heroic act of civic journalism. But today, today, dear listeners, we are beyond lucky to be joined by the musician behind the state polka on the podcast. It's the man himself, Lenny Gamolka. Lenny is an American musician, singer, songwriter, band leader, composer, and publisher. He has been nominated for 12 Grammys. He has also been inducted into the International Polka Association Hall of Fame, and he joins us today on the horse race. Lenny, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So let's start with uh, our favorite question, because you are a Chicago native. So tell us, what is your Massachusetts connection? Well, that's a very good question, actually. Born and raised on the southwest side of Chicago in the former Stockyard District. I was I was there my entire life. And then back around 1990, uh, most of the work that I had with my band, most of the performances, and I was doing that full time at the time, most of that work back in 1990 was uh, on the East Coast. And my wife and I decided we were going to make a move somewhere. Well, my, my wife was from Staten Island, New York and uh, from Chicago. So how we met was also on performances, but getting past that, we um, decided that we would move someplace to the East Coast. We researched and looked and visited, and we concluded that Massachusetts was the place we wanted to settle it. Western Mass, particularly because, you know, it's, it's not the metropolis here that Boston is, or that Chicago is, which I was used to, or New York City that my wife was used to. However, Western Mass is a nice laid back area perfectly centrally located for everything I was doing at the time. I was playing much on the East Coast, Jersey, New York, you know, down the shoreline, down, you know, into Maryland and down to Florida or cruises. So that was the reason that we moved to Massachusetts. We kind of skated around Western Massachusetts. We looked up in Hadley, Mass. We looked, you know, other places. And by happenstance, we found out through a friend of ours that um, there was a nice little townhouse that was available. While we were playing this little Polish festival, on a Sunday in July uh, in Indian Orchard, Massachusetts. And our friend said, you know, my aunt owns that little duplex right across the street. And uh, she, it's been open for a while and she would love to have you guys take a look at it. And long story short is that's why we moved here and that's where we moved to. And we stayed there for about nine years. And then we built in uh, Ludlow, Massachusetts, approximately around the year 1999. And that's where I'm at right now. So tell us about the genesis of the song. You're from Chicago and you said your wife's from New York and the song says a lot of, of nice things about Massachusetts, which, you know, we're, we all live here. It's not something we're always used to, you know, people from uh, other places saying nice things about, about Massachusetts. Um, so where did the song actually come from? What prompted you to write it? Well, good question. And, and let me just preface that by saying, you know, there's some kind of psychology behind what you just said, Steve about, you know, when you're in Massachusetts, you know, you don't see the things that are right before you. And I felt the same way when I lived in Chicago. I felt that the people in Chicago 
didn't have some of the qualities that my out-of-state friends gave it credit for. However, when I moved to Massachusetts and I look back at Chicago, I say, you know, people in Chicago are pretty nice. And when I come to Massachusetts, I slowly didn't recognize the things that I did when I lived in Chicago. So there's some kind of a psychology behind all that. The, the real deal is that when I moved here, I was so happy. And, and you know, if you gave me a paper and pen and said, write me a song about you know, bowling ball, in an hour, I, I probably couldn't do it, you know, but it's got to be right timing, right place, the right feeling, the right energy. You know, something has to come about you that propels you to the next step. And sometimes it happens in a different place. And I happen to be riding, driving around in my car. I, I recall coming up with the lyrics to that song. The other question is what comes first, the lyrics or the melody? And I don't have the answer to that. You know, sometimes they come at the same time. Isn't that odd? But they do. And, you know, you come with a hook, you come say hello to someone in Massachusetts, you know, that little phrase. And you play around with it, you know, you remove some of the syllables and you, and then, you know, then you just get this melody in your head. And, and if you're in the mood, in the right mood, and there's happiness going on, things just come. and. The idea comes and, you know, you don't want to write a song about something and get too busy and tell a whole story really complicated with tons of words that no one will remember, catch on to. But you want to write a song as simple as possible, but that gives the perception as though you're telling a long story. And I think that song sort of does it. To me, it does. And gratefully, I'm happy to say that a, a radio disc jockey here at UMass and Amherst thought the same way. And he said, you know, Lenny, we got to you know, you really should do something. We that would be a great state polka. He says, Massachusetts doesn't have a state polka. Hardly any states have a state polka. I don't think any at the time. They have a state, there's a state dance. And now Connecticut followed after us many years later. So I said, well, that's awesome idea. But where, you know, I'm a musician. I'm a trumpet, sax player, clarinet singer. I'm not a politician. I don't know protocol and where to go and how to start it. So he took the bull by the horns and contacted the local um, congressman by the name of Paul Karen, who I think is a retired now, good guy who lives out here in the Springfield area. And Paul Karen took it to the next level. You know, he proposed, uh, he just got a movement going and it pretty much took off. And um, I don't want to take credit for saying, I'm going to write a song and it's going to be the state book. That never happened. It just didn't. Um, I wrote a song and it was a nice song for Massachusetts and people in, in Massachusetts enjoyed it. And uh, we put it on our CD and so on. And this is about 1998, I would say. And next thing I know, geez, we're in Boston at the State House. And, you know, we're proposing to the State House, you know, why we think our song qualifies for state polka. What attributes does it have? And so on. And so kind of getting into the, the nuts and bolts of the song itself, uh, what were you pulling specific inspiration from? You mentioned that you had kind of bopped around Western Mass a bit. Um, what was it that was kind of popping into your head that ended up making it into the polka? Absolutely. And, and yes, so, and it was a beautiful time of year. It was like this time of the year. Weather was nice. You know, the greenery was all in. The, the landscape was beautiful. And I, I'm driving around and thinking to myself, this is so different, so beautiful out here. And, and I'm happy in a happy mood. And things came into my head. And I can't remember exactly what my thought process was. You know, it just clicked something off. And I just kind of put little phrases together. And back then, I would carry a, um, now I use my iPhone for those things, but I would carry a little transposer, like a dictator. 
and I'd get an idea and I'd say, uh, you know, something in there like, check this melody out. And then I would say, see scenery. I would, I would say, um, you know, mountainsides, business or pleasure, or, you know, certain things, reasons to come to Massachusetts. And I would put little ideas that pop into my head. And as I drive around, I'm thinking of these different things. This may be over a couple of days uh, in this area, uh, but somehow, some way, that song was going to be about Massachusetts. So when I compared my notes and I kept myself motivated, out comes the song, you know. So any plans to write state polkas for other places or does Massachusetts have a lock on your on your writing talents? No, I mean, uh, you know, there was a band leader in Connecticut and he went by the name of Ray Henry, the Ray Henry Orchestra. And he made a song called The Ballroom Polka. It was an instrumental. It wasn't a song. It didn't have words. It was a little older style, old fashioned, more traditional. There was an element of people in Connecticut that thought since Ray was known for that song, and many of the traditionalists from that era knew that song, that would be a good state polka. And they got it through, which is great, which is great. I mean, it, you know, it's promoting polka music and it's promoting good fellowship in the different states. So tell us about the title. Say hello to someone from Massachusetts. Where did the inspiration for the title and just the overall idea for the song come from? I mean, that's where it came from. It came from my heart, from my soul, from driving around, seeing beautiful people, beautiful scenery. And, uh, you know, I interacted with all the people here in Massachusetts who all, you know, were very friendly and warm and uh, hospitable and so on. And uh, I, you know, those words just came to me. It was just something that came about. I, I don't want to say it was in my DNA. I wanted to say it, you know, it was just kind of by serendipity, you might say. Uh, but the phrase just came to me. And the phrase also came to me because it fit into that lead line of the song, the melody of the song, the chorus that repeats itself. So that was it, Steve. I mean, that's, you know, there's no, there's no big science behind the song. I wish I could say, well, I got my laptop out and I put a bunch of words together that rhymed and then I pulled out my song sheets and I put chord progressions together and I, I jived them. I, I took some algorithms from 20 years ago. It just didn't work that way. It's just kind of, you know, <laughs> nowadays everything is scientific, but. All right. Well, Lenny Gamolka of the Chicago Push author of the Massachusetts State Polka. Say hello to someone from Massachusetts. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to voice my background on the song. You've all been very, very lovely and caring, wonderful. Have a great day. Stay well. Be safe. The polka is just one of the seven state songs, so what else have we got, Steve? Well, as it turns out, there's also an ode to Massachusetts, written by Joseph Falzone and designated as the official ode of Massachusetts on November 16th, 2000. I mean, this is going to haunt me for a while, but what makes an ode an ode, Steve? Well, Jen, I'm glad you asked. According to the script, it's defined as, quote, a lyric poem in the form of an address to a particular subject, often elevated in style or manner and written in varied or irregular meter, or a poem meant to be sung. So let's listen. You're one by land and two by sea, help set our country free. You can't get better, Massachusetts. You'll always be sweet home to me. No. We've also got an official state folk song named 
Massachusetts by Arlo Guthrie, and it was originally released in Guthrie's 1976 album Amigo. It was adopted by the legislature in July 1981 as the official folk song for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. The official state patriotic song, called Because Your Land is Free by Bernard Davidson, is not available on the state website and nowhere else on the internet that we could find. Jen, it may take your expert abilities to track it down because otherwise we have to sing. <laughs> I will do my best to avoid that outcome. One, two, three, four, five, six. We're going to divert for a moment from official state songs to talk about an unofficial one. We have to talk about the ongoing, I don't know, battle effort to make Roadrunner by the Modern Lovers the official state rock song. Today we're joined by Joyce Linehan, a punk rock enthusiast and former chief of policy and planning for Mayor Marty Walsh. Welcome, Joyce. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So, Let's start from the beginning here. How did this get started? Who first said we need a state rock song and also Roadrunner should be it? Well, um, it starts in 2013. Um, and uh, I read a, an essay that was actually published in 2007. And I think I probably read it back then as well. But for some reason, it crossed my desk again um, in early 2013. Um, and it's by a, a, a British writer named Laura Barton um, in The Guardian. Um, and she basically makes the case that Roadrunner is um, a, a, the kind of song that that should have the legendary status of, say, um, you know, uh, Route 66 or Highway 61 or um, the Chelsea Hotel or it's just a, a song about place that 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 holds a very special um, place in, in in history and in rock music history, and that got me thinking. That's right, and not only that, but it's about where I live, and so you know what could we do to honor this song that is just on a sort of you know quintessential Massachusetts, and so um, the idea was born that we would um, name it the official song of the Commonwealth. But then, of course, when I went to look and see um, if there was an official song of the Commonwealth, I found that there were lots of official songs of the Commonwealth um, broken down into different kinds, and so um, I settled on the notion that it should be the official rock song of the Commonwealth. Um, and I took it to uh, my friend, State Representative Marty Walsh, and said, would you introduce this legislation if, uh, um, you know, would you introduce this legislation? And he said, yeah, sure, without listening or anything. And, um, and, and he did. Um, so I, I wrote a, a piece of legislation um, that, um, that, that made the case for this. And the, the piece of legislation I wrote was pretty elaborate. Um, it had lots of, uh, lots of references. I think it was kind of a work of art. Um, it had lots of references to why um, uh, it should be the, the state rock song. Um, in the end, it was uh, it, what was filed ended up being a sentence or two <laughs> that said nothing about the why, but just about the what. Um, and, uh, and then away we went on this, you know, strange odyssey that had me talking to the BBC and Japanese newspapers and all kinds of all kinds of crazy press. It was it was a lot of fun. So for those less familiar with that full list of reasons, what does make this song quintessentially Massachusetts? 
well, I mean, it has, I'm in love with Massachusetts right in the song. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I think that for, for those of us who are uh, fans of um, Jonathan Richmond, you know, so, so, you know, Jonathan Richmond's a, or, or this work is what I would call a proto-punk um, uh, piece of work. And, and, and Jonathan Richmond was really interesting in that at a time when music was kind of angry, or at least my kind of music was kind of angry, um, Jonathan had this sort of this joyful presence to him, this 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 hopefulness that was really um, really uh, engaging and compelling. And and Roadrunner is that. I mean, Roadrunner is about driving around in the dark on Route 128 um, and and reveling in in all that is great about Massachusetts. So it just it made perfect sense that 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 was something that we should do. And we have to, of course, touch on this uh, kind of tumultuous journey ever since 2013 to see if Roadrunner can make it into our hallowed books here. Uh, There have been a few runs at it. So walk us through uh, why, in your view and memory, it didn't come through in 2013 and uh, what's happened to the efforts since then. Yeah, well, I, I want to back up a little bit to to uh, point out that this is the only piece of bipartisan legislation that I've ever been involved in in my entire life. So, so Marty Walsh got uh, um, Bob Headland to sign on. He was a rock fan, and 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 Mayor Headland, he's now the mayor of Weymouth, and and he uh, told me at one point that he had earlier tried to do something like this with a with a, a class. This is a the 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 process for getting something made an official something of the state is a really interesting class project, right? And that's why we see like I think we have an official muffin. <laughs> we, have the, we have all kinds of official bird. We have all kinds of official things. And I think it's used as a, a teaching tool, which is really, really remarkable. And that's probably why um, we have official things where we don't really have an official uh, rock song because you know uh, punk rockers are not a, a, a recognized um, voter constituency <laughs> where, um, where where perhaps um, kids in classrooms are. Um, it, that just makes a lot of sense. So anyway, um, Representative Walsh and Senator Headland <laughs> filed this legislation um, in it was like midpoint of the 2013-2014 legislative session. I think people know that it runs in two-year increments. Um, so right in the middle. Um, and then very quickly after this was filed, uh, two representatives from the South Shore decided that that was not good, that Roadrunner should not be the official rock song of the Commonwealth. In fact, instead, that honor should go to Aerosmith with uh, with the song Dream On, which I'm sure everybody knows, which I, you know, have listened to more times. I, if I never hear that song again in my life, it, it, and that's not to say that it's not a good song, it's it's fine, um, but I still don't know what it's about. Um, and as opposed to the song that 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 I and my friends were offering up, which is clearly about Massachusetts. So they decided that honor should go to Aerosmith, and it started this absurd um, thing where it was like a battle between Roadrunner and, and Aerosmith. Early in the early in this whole thing, uh, a, a writer by the name of James Reed, who was at the time at the Boston Globe, reached out to Jonathan Richmond, who, you know, if you know anything about Jonathan Richmond, you know he's a peculiar character. And um, he said he wrote snail mail. He doesn't do email. He doesn't do doesn't have a cell phone. He sent James a snail mail letter saying that um, Roadrunner was not good enough to be the official song of anything. Um, I was so excited about that because it just added to the story because it's so Jonathan. And, and I was trying to explain to people that uh, I, I appreciate that and I respect that, but I feel like the song kind of transcends 
Jonathan himself. And, you know, there's a whole conversation to be had in there about like when you unleash a piece of art into the world, you know, I, I know you technically own it, you own copyrights and, and whatever it is, but, but, but do you own the way that people interact with that song, right? So I, I felt like there was this transcendence to this song that, that uh, made me uh, resolve to plow on anyway, even though Jonathan was kind of saying no. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so we have this, this um, Aerosmith versus Jonathan Richmond thing, which is not what it was supposed to be. Um, uh, Jack Hamilton wrote an amazing piece in Slate um, about how he makes the case that this is the most Massachusetts fight ever. Um, and it's really, really brilliant. And I urge you, if you're interested in this saga at all, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, um, you know, go read Jack's piece because it's really remarkable. Um, so then we, we went off on kind of a tangent um, uh, where it turned into a battle, which was absurd. Um, and uh, um, eventually, um, in, in, in Massachusetts legislative tradition, the, four, the two representatives who were uh, Representative Cutler and Representative, oh, my, his name just escaped me. He now works for Senator Markey. Um, he's the, the staff guy for Markey. It'll, it'll come to me. Anyway, these two representatives, um, uh, and I run into him all the time too, and he says he's, he apologizes all the time, um, but <laughs> they, uh, they, they filed their bill and, 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 um, and Headland and Walsh, and they all start to talk and they come up with a compromise. Uh, I forget what it was, that, that Dream On would be the heavy metal song and, and uh, Roadrunner would be the, the official rock song. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to get involved in any of this except, you know, Roadrunner official rock. Um, and so it, it made it out, I think it made it into third reading or something. I went to the state house, I, I testified, a bunch of people testified. It was like, it was a great show. You know, if, if we know how to do anything, it's put on a show. It's a false equivalent. Um, and if those who support the other bill can't see that, then I can't really argue with them. They're both songs, but that's where it ends. <laughs> The other song is a great song by a great band who've been great citizens of our great commonwealth. They've been generous to charity and ambassadors of our state around the world, but this isn't about that. This isn't really about the artist who created or performed the song at all. This is about a song that I believe captures the very essence of the spirit of Massachusetts. And with that, I give you 17 reasons why Roadrunner should be the official rock song of the commonwealth of Massachusetts. I'll be fast, I swear. So uh, th that was great, but then it got stuck. Um, my sense was that uh, Speaker DeLeo at the time um, didn't, wasn't interested in moving this. I think maybe there was a little bit of like, it may be seeming frivolous. Um, and you know how the legislature likes to, you know, let everything go until the last minute. So everyone's sitting there in July, uh, waiting for July 31st, like, where's my bill? Where's my bill? And when you're debating, I don't know, education reform. I didn't feel like I could get in there and say, hey, Marty, go make sure that the speaker gets this to the floor. So it never got there. Um, so, it, so it died in committee. And then um, it gets introduced uh, every new legislative session. I, I've sort of, I went up and testified again when it was filed the second time in the 20, so that would be the 2015, 16 session would have been the second time. Um, uh, Representative Linsky files it because he is, uh, he represents Natick and Jonathan Richmond is from Natick. Um, so I went up and did it the second time. And then he, God bless him, has introduced it every session since. So I think we're up to the fifth time now. Um, I believe it's still alive. I believe, <laughs> I don't know where it is in this session, but, um, and I'm sure it's going to die again. And, and my feeling about this, that is that it, it just adds to the story. I mean, I'm used to, used to working with the underdog and Jonathan Richmond is nothing if not an underdog. And, and the fact that we could never get this thing that so obviously should be done, done, um, just adds to the legend. So there is a new music venue in Boston called Roadrunner and rumor has it that it's named after the song. So is that the closest we get to having the song represented here or will this bill someday become law? 
I, so I think I'm not the right person to ask about whether the bill will become law. I hope that Representative Linsky or whoever, you know, succeed, I'm sure someday he'll retire, whoever succeeds him in representing Natick will continue to do that because I think it's a really great native son kind of thing. Um, I'm glad the venue is named Roadrunner. Um, when, when that was happening, when the naming was happening, uh, Josh Boddy from Bowery Presents came to visit me. Um, I was in the mayor's office at the time and said, we came up with the perfect name. And, you know, he says Route 128, you know, driving by the stop and shop. And I was like, my God, that is the perfect name. So um, it, it's great that we have that. I, I, I don't know how many people are making the connection between the the uh, the place and the song because you know I'm old and um, people. I mean, uh, Roadrunner was recorded in 1972 and released in 1976. So um, before a lot of people who might be patronizing Roadrunner at this point were born. Um, but I'm, I'm glad they named it that. I think it's very fitting. And uh, I think the last one is: Do you have any other Massachusetts song recommendations for us? Uh, I'm more the person you ask about songs that shouldn't be official Massachusetts anything. Oh, that, I mean, that's also a great answer. <laughs> when we were having this debate, you know, like people are like, it should be dirty water. I'm like, that's about a mugging on the Charles River by a band from Los Angeles. So eh. um, the Bee Gees Massachusetts, which is one of my very favorite songs, but I read that the original um, name of it was San Francisco. So it's about the number of uh, the number of syllables. <laughs> it's not about the state. Um, you know, I hear shipping up to Boston all the time. That's about a, you know, longshoreman with a peg leg. I don't know. Um, I, you know, and, and, and there's, uh, um, you know, there are others that I just, uh, that just don't really uh, fit the bill. And then there's a whole, you know, kind of unseen history of, of, uh, of Boston music that I feel like the, you know, the, the R&B scene in the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s was really, really strong and doesn't get a lot of attention. And I, I'm, you know, kind of um, sensitive to the uh, discussion that we need to be having about um, diversity and, and representation and, and all of that. So I, I think there's, you know, we have a really rich musical history that we should um, all, uh, you know, know about and, and revel in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, there's no other song besides Roadrunner that in my mind should be the official rock song of the Commonwealth. All right. Well, I think we have to leave it there. Joyce Linehan, thank you so much for joining us today on the horse race to talk through this saga. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be the Roadrunner expert. <laughs> the booster. I'm in love with Massachusetts And the neon when it's cold outside And the highway when it's late at night All right, next up we have the official state march. It's called the Road to Boston, or sometimes March to Boston, and began as a Revolutionary War Fife March. The original composer is unknown, but it's been played now for centuries on everything from the fife and drums to the fiddle and even as a polka. Official state song, though, All Hail to Massachusetts by Arthur J. Marsh, was written in 1954 by Marsh, a Wellesley music teacher, and adopted as the official song of Massachusetts in 1966, later codified in 1981. It was first performed in August of 1954 at Nantasket Beach in Hull. There were three attempts, count them, three, to make it the official song in the 50s and 60s, and the song mentions Massachusetts essentials like the bean and the cod. All hail to grand old 
When Deb O'Malley came through with the poker recording, it prompted us to ask the question, well, okay then, what about the State Glee Club song? That was also missing from the state's website. And Deb replied, sadly, our file doesn't have a recording for the Glee Club song either. We do have music and lyrics, though. So I suppose you can make your own recording. And that is what we did. Well, not we, Jen and I, thank goodness, but I tasked my brother Charlie, who's a musician, to record the official State Glee Club song. We have it now and will be playing it for your enjoyment right here on the horse race for the very first time. Before we do, though, we have to share a bit of history about the State Glee Club song because it wouldn't be an episode of the horse race without some wonky state trivia. That is right, Steve. The great state of Massachusetts, uh, words by George A. Wells and music by J. Earl Bly, was designated as the State Glee Club Song of Massachusetts on November 24th, 1997. Fun fact, on my fifth birthday. So reportedly, the deal behind this song is uh, the convention band at the 1960 Democratic National Convention couldn't find a song that, you know, connected John F. Kennedy of Massachusetts with his home state, Massachusetts. So on his way home, Wells wrote the great state of Massachusetts, and then it was just designated the state Glee Club song later. So we love that. Uh, we love when a kind of weird, awkward convention mishap, missing instance leads to a Glee Club song, a very common set of circumstances, I assume. And so without further ado, here is the State Glee Club Song of Massachusetts performed by my brother, Charlie Cazella. Up in the corner of New England is the land of Paul Revere. It's where the patriots planned for this freedom we hold so dear. It's the great state of Massachusetts. I think our next goal should be to get an actual glee club to perform this song, which I have to confess, I actually don't know what a glee club is, so I don't know how we would do that. But anyway, there you have it, all seven of the Massachusetts state songs. We hope you enjoyed this musical departure from our usual content. I certainly did. We will be back to politics and all of that later. I mean, there was a fair share of politics in this one in our defense. 
But that is all the time we have for today. I'm Jennifer Smith, signing off with Steve Cazella. Our producer is Libby Gormley. Our intern is Elena Eberwine. Don't forget to give The Horse Race a review wherever you're hearing us now. Subscribe to our beloved co-host Lisa Kaczynski's Massachusetts Politico Playbook. And reach out to the Massing polling group if you need polls done. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.